what we're going to do right now is I'm going to share through Isaiah 61 the vision that God has put on my heart for North Korea. I'm going to share with you guys some stories from my life. Uh, and I'm just going to flow in prayer. Uh, kind of like how we went through Isaiah 58, verse by verse, we're going to go through Isaiah 61 now uh, in prayer for North Korea. Specifically for the young generation of North Korea. If you guys didn't know, my name is John Michael. I serve at an orphanage uh, here in Korea. I've been living out here for four and a half years now. And God has put on my heart, uh, before I even came out here, that he would use South Korea as a training ground. That he was sending me out here so that uh, I could learn the language, I could learn the heart of the orphan, I could learn the heart of the children, and uh, that I could get adjusted living as a missionary. And... Uh, as I've been out here, God has released more and more dreams and visions in my life uh, through my father, through prayer supporters, through even strangers that I've met about North Korea and about God's plans for this nation. So North Korea is something that's very heavy on my heart. And uh, I'm going to lead you guys through this passage. This is basically my life's passage, Isaiah 61. So if you look in here, the first uh, three verses, it says this. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. To bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom, liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn, and to grant to those who mourn in Zion. To give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit. That they may be called oaks of righteousness the planting of the Lord, that He may be glorified. Guys, God gives us His Spirit, not so that we can just, uh, you know, have fun, not so that we can just, you know, enjoy His touch, enjoy, you know, Him ministering to us in worship or in prayer. That's a beautiful thing. But He gives us His Spirit, not just for that, but for, so that we can go out, so that we can be His hands and His feet. And if you've ever wondered, why is there pain in this world? Why is there suffering in this world? Uh, the truth is, it's because Christians are not doing what they're called to do. Because Jesus showed the ultimate act of love when He died on the cross for us. He gave it all for us already. And He empowered us by His Spirit and He said, You go. You bind up the brokenhearted. You proclaim freedom for the captives. You release those in darkness. You do this. I have empowered you. I have given you my Holy Spirit. And so I know it is the call of the church that we are to reach out to the victims of injustice. We are to reach out and it's by His Spirit we are able to bear fruit. And we see that as we reach out to them, as we reach out to them, in verse 3, that second half, it says, They, they who you reach out to may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that He may be glorified. And when you do children's ministry, when you teach children, you're planting seeds. You're planting seeds in these kids. You don't see the kids mature overnight. You don't see the kids suddenly change right away. Instead, you're trusting that as the years go by, that God is going to pour out His living water upon those seeds. Those seeds are going to grow, they're going to flourish, and they're going to become trees. Not just little plants that can be stepped on or, or small trees that can get bent over, but oaks of righteousness that cannot be shaken. That when the winds come, the storms come, they stand strong. And they're able to provide shade and protection for those under them. And this has been the three verses that God initially put on my verse when I came out to Korea. 
that the kids at my orphanage, they would be called oaks of righteousness. That as I love them, as I plant those seeds of love and mercy and grace in their lives, that that would bear fruit. That they would rise up in the spirit of the Lord. And I want to share a dream that I had in 2007. I had a dream uh, that I was at my home. And outside my home or all around the perimeter of the home were these huge trees and these huge plants. It was like the Amazon jungle. Big green leaves. I mean, like the biggest leaves you could think of. Green, like luscious. And as I got closer, it was a beautiful day. As I got closer and looked at the leaves, I realized they were all covered in water. Covered with dew. Covered with water. And then I watched as the water suddenly got lifted up into the sky. And it wasn't like a white cloud. It was just a cloud of water. This big mass of water in the sky. And I was staring at it when suddenly I was picked up. And it was basically like one of those Google Maps things where suddenly I'm like taken over and I'm watching like the, the horizon just spin under me. And I land in this, this area where it is just desolate. It's just bronze dirt. Just just bronze dirt as far as you could see. And I saw this farmer and he had this, this poor old water buffalo that was just skinny and it was pulling a plow. And they were trying to plow that bronze dirt, trying to, to produce some sort of fruit. But you could see it was just a desert. And then I watched and saw the water behind me come, follow me, and fall on the land. And even in the, even in the dream, I knew what was going on. I said, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. And I woke up with excitement. And you see, the symbolism of the dream is that when I saw those green plants in that dream, I knew that represented the children here in Korea children in these orphanages and that yes God is going to be faithful they're going to become oaks of righteousness and they will be covered by his spirit the living water and then when I watch that living water come up you know see God doesn't give us his spirit just so that we're blessed he, even with the orphans he doesn't give his spirit just so that they're blessed but so that they can go and do what God has called them to do and when I was taken into that desolate land I knew immediately where I was I was in a land that is cursed I was in North Korea and it was desolate just desolate but when I saw that water come behind me I knew that represented that God would send the children who are currently orphans here in South Korea that God is going to heal them set them apart God likes to use the lowly he likes to use the humble he likes to use the weak to shame the strong the rich and the proud and that God is going to send the children of South Korea into North Korea to bring healing to that land this is a clear dream and I want to tell you guys that other people have had dreams as well of me with my children and, and of other people as well in North Korea serving the orphans. This is something that's become so real to me that it doesn't even surprise me when people share such dreams. And I want to cast this vision to you and we're going to continue to read through these verses and you're going to see more of what God has planned. But for right now, what I want us to do is I want us to pray for the children of South Korea, the children of the country that we're in right here. Because I really believe that this next generation this next generation is going to be the generation that will take the gospel to the ends of the earth. I really believe that the time is right. The harvest is right. God is pouring his spirit out upon us, but it's going to be our children that are really going to take it to the end. Generational blessings through us. And that's why Satan has been attacking this generation so strongly. While you're seeing fathers run off on their families. You're seeing kids abused and broken. The fatherless generation. Satan's trying to kill them off because he knows the calling that is on these kids' lives. And we got to recognize it as well. So church, what I want us to do right now is I want us to pray for these kids. I want us to claim that they are God's creation. That God has a call in their lives. I want us to pray that our interaction with them, that we may be able to plant those seeds 
those seeds of love, those seeds of goodness, and that God will pour out His Spirit, His living water, upon the youth of South Korea, that they may be oaks of righteousness, that they may be shade for those who are broken, those who are needy, those who live in sun-scorched lands. So let's pray together now for the children of South Korea. Let's pray. So often God likes to use those that uh, society rejects to bring great change. King David's men, King David's men were all just uh, just disgruntled people that were on the run, people that were rejects of society. Yet yeah, they became mighty warriors. They built a nation. Jesus' disciples were fishermen, a zealot, tax collector, rejects of society, the low of the low. But Jesus saw hope in them. He saw potential in them. And he chose them over the rich, over the, the brilliant, over those that the world would choose. He doesn't look at the outer appearance. He looks at the heart. I want to encourage you guys as you serve your children in the Hogwans or as you just meet different children to see, say, God, show me. Show me this child's heart. Help me see them as you see them. Because, you know, when we look upon this generation right now, we just see a bunch of materialistic kids that are lost and it seems like there's no hope but God can change them in a day God can rock their world and we got to believe that we got to know that this is his plan in verse 4 of Isaiah 61 it says they these are the ones that we reach out to it says they shall build up the ancient ruins they shall raise up the former devastations they shall repair the ruined cities the devastations of many generations and that was just out of Isaiah 58 that we went over earlier today. They will restore the kingdom. 
They are going to go into North Korea and they're not just going to restore the cities and the roads and, and the schools and, and the houses and, and the infrastructure. They're going to restore it spiritually as well. There was once a place that was flourishing with the gospel, flourishing with hope, flourishing with, with the light of God's presence that is now covered in darkness. These children are going to go and they are going to release a light that has not been seen for decades. And what I want us to pray right now is for the restoration of North Korea. I want us to pray and just declare God's light over this land. I want us to declare just His, His redemptive power coming on. He makes all things new. I want us to pray for the land. Guys, the land is so cursed that there are almost no animals in North Korea. I don't know if you're aware of this, but they've killed them all to eat them all. They, they have no food. And so the natural habitat is, is nearly completely wiped out in North Korea. The trees have all been, been taken down. They eat the bark because they have no food. Then they use the logs as firewood. And because all the, the trees have been taken down, the mountains have eroded. And that results in flooding. That results in just different, quote-unquote, natural disasters, which are really their fault. Because they're desperate for firewood. They're desperate for food. This is the state of North Korea. I don't know if you guys are aware of it, but the land is desolate. The land needs God's redemptive touch. So I want us to pray for the redemption of North Korea spiritually and physically, both. I want us to pray for the healing of this land. I want us to pray that God will send forth this young generation and send forth many of us as well. That God will raise up that army to go in and to heal the land, to be able to pray and bless the land, and to be able to work as well, to, to use the education that God has given us to bless that land. Let's pray for the restoration of North Korea. Let's pray. dry when I'm dry and thirsty Lord and I'm crying out for more I know I can trust in your love in the darkness in the darkness in the night when I'm starving for the light I know I can trust in your love Let's sing that again when I'm dry and thirsty Lord and I'm crying out for more I know says in verse 5, chapter 61, Strangers shall stand and tend your flocks. Foreigners shall be your plowmen and vine dressers. There's a prophetic word uh, that Hannah, uh, Pastor Christian calls Prophet Hannah, uh, given 
to him many years ago, and she believes that revival is going to come to Korea, to the peninsula of Korea, where that God is going to send people from the outside. It's going to be through people from the outside. And when I heard that word, as he shared it with me, it really resonated in my heart, and I received that word as well. Because, guys, it's just the strangest of circumstances that me, being an engineer from Virginia Tech, I grew up in America, I was very much not, you know, into the, you know, the Asian thing or, or whatever. I'm out here, and here I am serving these children who I had no heart for children growing up in my life. And, uh, you know, I, I never wanted to live in Korea. I didn't even know where Korea was on the map until I was like 21 or 22. And uh, here I am, and now my heart burns for this nation. And I can't explain it. And I'm meeting so many other foreigners in the same way. They can't explain it, but they have a huge heart for North Korea. They have a huge heart for this peninsula. God's doing something. It's only by the hand of God. And God is sending many kilpos as well, many, many different Korean Canadians, Korean Americans, Korean Australians. And God is burdening their heart for their motherland. God is burdening their hearts. And what I really believe is that when North Korea opens up, uh, what I believe is going to happen is if you don't know the situation right now, the Moonies, the Mormons, the Jehovah's Witnesses, all the cults, they are ready for North Korea, especially the Moonies. And if North Korea were to open up today, all the cults would go in and they would take the land very quickly. That's just a fact. I mean, is, they are ready to take the land. The Christian church, the Korean church, not ready at all. Uh, the church worldwide, not ready at all. Uh, many people aren't even aware. You go to other churches, they don't even know about North Korea. They, they don't pray about it. They don't know what's going on there. Maybe they know about the sinking. That's it. And you'll get the Red Cross. They'll go in, of course, UNICEF. You'll get these different NGOs that will go in. But if you don't know about the North Korean people, these are a people that are actually, they don't know love at all. They are raised in a society where they are, they are taught to worship Kim Il-sung taught to worship Kim Jong-il, their leaders. They're taught to worship them in this communist society so that if they get anything at all, it's not because they work for it or because it's a gift. It's just because they're supposed to receive it. So there's no thankfulness. There's no gratefulness in the country. And I've had friends work with refugees, and they say the refugees are some of the hardest people you would ever meet. That whenever two of them are together, they always fight. When there's one of them, sometimes they can get along okay. But that North Koreans are constantly fighting. They never say thank you. There is absolutely no love. Why? Because we love because God first loved us. If you don't learn love, you don't know how to love. You can't, you can't call someone out who's had a broken childhood, a broken life, and say, why aren't you loving? It's because they've never been taught how to love. And sadly, this is all of North Korea. And I've met foster care workers, uh, social workers, who work in North China. And they say that Korean, North Korean babies, North Korean children are unadoptable unadoptable. You cannot adopt these children. Why? Because they have what is called RAD, reactive attachment disorder. Reactive attachment disorder is when you're between the ages of infancy or in the womb and five years old and you have no one to attach yourself to. Basically, you don't have a mother or a father or someone who is there for you to take care of you. Okay. And what happens with these children is you, they can go two extremes. They're either extremely introverted and they refuse to trust anyone at all. They're always to themselves or extremely out, out, extroverted. Thank you. And they will go after anyone for love. Go after anyone. And for these kids, their minds tend to get warped. And these are the children who, you know, they, they kill little animals. They, they kill their brother and sister. They do just uh, sexual acts when they're very young. Their minds are warped. Not only have they not received love, but Satan's taking advantage of them. 
and has messed up their minds. And, and I don't know if you've heard about some of the stories from America of kids being adopted and actually being sent back. There was a story a few months ago of a, of a Russian boy. They just put him on the plane and sent him back with a one-way ticket. No one with him. Just a note around his neck saying, please send back to the orphanage. Why? Because the, the boy had RAD. And you know what? The parents, the adoptive parents of other kids who had had RAD, they all understood that family that sent the boy back. They actually, they had sympathy for the family that had to take care of that boy. Because these kids, their, their minds are completely warped. I've heard of adopted families who have, that have taken care of eight kids, like three of their own, five kids adopted, and they adopt a child with this condition. And the kid begins to corrupt their whole family. And they're five years old, seven years old. It's just, it's very demonic, guys. It is very, very demonic, and it is very severe. And you know, uh, there's books on RAD, and that one of the titles of one of the books is just, When Love is Not Enough. I mean, how sad is that, when love is not enough? But the truth is, when you have good intentions, when you try and just love and, and discipline and, and try, like, you know, just all those good nanny tactics, it doesn't work. Because it's a spiritual root. It's a deep spiritual root. And it has to take the anointing of God to break through. And so these children in North Korea, you know what's going to happen when the borders open? UNICEF goes in, the Moonies go in, the Mormons go in. They're going to find these people are a lot more difficult than they thought. And they're going to try and reach out to these people, but they're going to find these people are going to steal from them. They are corrupt. That's what they've been taught all their life. It's not that they're bad people. They've just been taught this way of life. And so these people are not going to be appreciative. These children are going to be just, just I hate to say it, they're going to be terrors. They're going to be extremely difficult. And what I believe in my heart, I believe that, you know, people have asked me, hey, if North Korea opens up today, are you going to go? I would say, no way. Not unless God said very clearly, you are supposed to go right now. I'm going to wait. If it takes 10 years, I'm not going until the Lord sends me. Because I know if I go on my own, I'll get destroyed. I will just get beat up. I need the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I need His blessing to go in. And what I believe is that when it first opens up, you're going to get all these groups that are going to go in with good intentions. And they're going to find that good intentions is not good enough for North Korea. And within a few years, they're all going to collapse. Maybe within the first year, they're going to collapse. And what's going to happen is the government... The governments of, of South Korea, Japan, China, these governments that don't want these refugees coming into their countries, they're going to look for people who are dependable, people with the favor of God upon them. And they're going to start to choose certain people to please go in, take care of the situation. We'll fund you. We'll take care of you. And what I believe is at, it's at that time that God's going to send me, God's going to send many others, including some of you, to go into North Korea to restore that nation, not just the children, but to restore the, the to, to, to restore the schools, the hospitals, to restore just the city, even the, the electricity, the plumbing, all these different things to deliver food. God's going to send people. But I believe it's going to be mainly from the outside. Aliens will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will tend your fields and, and vineyards. So what I want us to pray right now is there has to be an army that, that has risen up. There has to be an army. Because right now, I only know a few people with a big heart for North Korea. I, I honestly do only know a few people. And I know some others, but they, they don't have the anointing upon them. And they have good intentions. And they're going to get beat up. I've already had friends with good intentions try and reach out to refugees. They got beat up. They quit. Okay, they, You have to have the anointing of God. And right now, there's not much out there. So what I want us to pray right now is I want us to pray for an army of God to rise up. I want us to pray for God's call to go out to the nations. For His call to go out. He's already been doing this. People that... From the Netherlands, people from, you know, just like France, from, from, from different countries that, how did you find out about North Korea? I heard it at a random prayer meeting. I could never shake it. 
I could never shake it. I came out to Korea. I had to learn the language. I don't know. Something's going on. God does that. We've got to believe God for it. So let's pray for that call to go out. Let's pray for that trumpet to sound. Let's pray for the army to rise up. Guys, I want, you, I want you to surrender your hearts as well. I'm not saying that God's going to send you to North Korea, but you guys need to be open because there's plenty other countries that need this, that need our help. And you guys, the anointing is on you, not just so that you can enjoy it, but so that you can set people free. So let's pray for that army to rise up. Let's pray for us to rise up. Let's pray. says in verse 6 you this is speaking to you guys you shall be called the priests of the Lord they shall speak of you as the ministers of our God you shall eat the wealth of the nations and in their glory you shall boast first off you shall be called the priests of the Lord what do priests do priests intercede for their people priests offer offerings and intercession for their people. Priests bless their people. That was the role of the priest in the Old Testament. And what I really believe is that God has called me in my life and he's called many of you and you guys are already doing this already. But to stand in the gap. Stand in the gap for these nations. To pray. To proclaim God's grace over them. To intercede. To, to make sacrifice. And you know, Christ already made the sacrifice so we just got to claim it. So to pray repentance on behalf of these nations... And to call God's blessing over it. To speak God's blessing over it. You guys know you're anointed. You are anointed. The presence of God is upon you. So what you bless is blessed. What you curse is cursed. And God has called you to be priests of the Most High. He's called you to be ministers. To reach out. To see the broken. And to pray. To make a difference. To repent on their behalf. And to pray for that blessing. God's raising you guys up. He's raising me up as well. I believe this is going to be one of the main calls in my life for Korea. I don't believe that I will be living in an orphanage in North Korea. I believe that God is going to, to send me in and out 
And then my main role will be to pray, to intercede, to stand in the gap, to keep them covered. And then it says this, You shall eat the wealth of the nations, and in their glory you shall boast. You shall eat the wealth of the nations. I don't want to scare you guys, but you guys already noticed the economy uh, hasn't been doing that good. And I don't think it's going to get that much better. And what's going to happen in these last days is it's either you're trusting in God or you're, you're just falling into sin because you're, you're going to have to go after greed. You're going to have to do uh, unlawful things, immoral things to get your money. And I really believe God's favor is going to rest upon his chosen, going to rest upon those who trust in him. He's going to release all our needs according to his glorious riches. He's going to release it. And when God put on my heart to claim all of North Korea in prayer, ask of me and I'll make the nations your inheritance and the earth your possession, Psalm 2.8, I thought it was kind of crazy. And I said, well, God, why don't I just pray for China as well? You know, and just tack on another two billion people or another billion people. And, and God said, no, your lifetime, North Korea, North China, South Korea. And you pray for that and you claim it. So I did it. I kept praying. And after a while, I began to ask, well, God, if I'm going to take this land, if, if I take care of 100 kids, let's say I just feed them a dollar's worth of food a day, that's $100 a day. That adds up uh, over the year, $100 a day. Now, if I'm supposed to take care of 20,000 kids, that's $20,000 a day. If I'm supposed to take care of a million kids, that's a million dollars a day. Where am I going to get this money? I'm barely, you know, I'm, I just need support for myself. I, I, how am I going to get this support for all these children? And I just... Lift it up to the Lord. And I believe that he would answer. Uh, I mean, he's got to. He's the one that put this all on my heart. It was never my desire to do this. He put it on my heart. If he puts it on your heart, he'll take care of you. And what happened was I went home in March 2008. And uh, it was a drought in Virginia. The, the, the grass was just brown. Uh, no leaves on the trees. It was pretty rough. And I remember I was just praying for rain. And uh, one night it rained. The heavens opened and it poured. It was one of those rains where it was just like you, could, you wake up. He's just so loud. And that night, my dad uh, had a dream. And in the dream, he said he was in this big boardroom. It was like Masterpiece Theater is what he, he, the way he put it. But he said it was this big boardroom. And he saw the China flag, Chinese flag. He saw the Japanese flag. And he saw the South Korean flag. And there were delegates from each of these nations in this room. And it was a very serious meeting. And uh, I was in there as well. And what we were discussing was the name of the orphanage ministry, the name of our group that would go in into North Korea to take care of the orphans. So we were discussing this name, and it was decided that this name, it could not be distinctly Christian because these three nations would be supporting it. They would be putting their money into it. And so we were talking about it, and it was decided that the name had to be something that stood for integrity. Oh, man, i got to remember this. It was integrity. Honesty and uh, diligence. Diligence. Integrity and honesty are kind of the same things. But in integrity, trustworthiness, diligence. It was those three things. And uh, so we're just discussing this. And then my dad wakes up. And he said it was, uh, I don't know, what, it was like 2.30 in the morning or whatever. But it was pouring rain. Just pouring rain for about 30 seconds. Like the heavy, 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 heavy rain. And then it starts to decide. And he just drifted back into sleep. And he had a second dream. And it was the same exact dream. But now we, we weren't talking about the name anymore. Now we were talking about the Chinese character that would be on these children's uniforms. My dad doesn't know Hanja. He doesn't know uniforms in South Korea that kids have a little Chinese character on it. He doesn't know anything about that. And at that point, he had never been to Asia in his life. But he saw this in a dream. We're talking about the, the different symbols, what they would be, like joy, like fortunate, thankful, 
these different symbols. And we're just discussing this. It's very simple. And then he wakes up again, and it's pouring rain. And he just told me he could feel the Holy Spirit. And the rain subsided. About 30 seconds later, he went to sleep. When he got up in the morning, his quiet time was Daniel chapter 6. Daniel in the lion's den. And in that chapter, you read that the government officials, they wanted to find dirt on Daniel. And it says that they, they searched him, and they found that in everything he did, he was a man of integrity, he was trustworthy, he was diligent. The only thing they could find with him was his faith in God. And so my dad, he wrote out the dreams for me, and uh, he just said, hey, this is what I got, here you go. And when I read that, it, it made sense. You see, when North Korea opens up, you know, we, we pray for reunification. We pray for this, and I really believe it. It is going to happen at some point. But right now, I mean, it's clear. South Korea is in no shape for reunification. The people are scared of North Korea. They don't want the economy. They're very self-centered. And we're breaking that down. We are breaking that down. It will get broken down. But right now, it's, it's not looking that way. And uh, what I believe will happen is when it opens up, they're not going to want any refugees in here. Only the very fortunate in North Korea will be able to come out to China or Japan or South Korea. But the rest, they're going to try and put walls in. And they're just going to try and send people in. And yeah, those Moonies, those different groups, they're going to try, they're going to fail, they're going to leave. So what's going to happen is the governments, they're going to be desperate. They're going to need people to go in. But with all these NGOs saying no, they're going to look for whoever they can get. They're going to look to the Christians. And that when they send us in, they are going to support us. They're going to meet all our needs because they know if they don't support us and these kids start to get desperate, the kids are going to run for the border. And then they're going to have a whole, whole nother mess on their hands. So we read right here, it says, You shall eat the wealth of the nations and their glory. You shall boast. God provides in, in amazing ways. He provides in amazing ways. And I really believe that when North Korea opens up, we will go in and we will feast on the wealth of Japan, South Korea, and China. And I believe that after time, I just sense in my spirit, this is just personal me, JM, but I believe that South Korea is going to get hit by something. Uh, I don't know if it's 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. I don't know. But it's going to cause the nation to get on its knees. They're no longer going to trust in their economy. They're no longer going to trust in their money. They're going to have to turn to God. And that's when we're going to see the full revival released. And that's when we're going to see all the children of South Korea fully given unto God because they're going to see the success in North Korea of the orphanages there. They're going to see those children getting just set apart, getting healed, getting filled with the joy of the Lord, and they're going to say, here, take our kids as well. So if you didn't know, all the children in South Korea, they're owned by the government right now. The government takes care of them until they graduate from high school. Uh, you, can't, you can't try and take care of orphans in South Korea. But when that break comes, they're going to give those kids up as well. This is why I believe in my whole heart. And so I want us to pray. And I want us to pray then just claim the wealth of the nations. Guys, I don't know where you are in your life. Maybe you have a, your own calling. You, you have this own desire and you don't know how you're going to get funds. Guys, God owns all the money. The silver and the gold is His. The silver and the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. That's Haggai 2.8. It's His. And you don't need fellow Christians' money and able to survive. You would be surprised that God is going to give us favor with different top businessmen. God is going to give us favor with different people in the media, celebrities. And He's going to release far more money than our church people could ever give us. We need to trust in this, that if God gives you a dream, that He's going to provide for it. He's going to meet all your needs according to His glorious riches. So right now, I just want us to claim the wealth of the nations. This isn't a prosperity ministry thing. This is for the kingdom of God. But I want us to claim right now 
ahead of time. Let's claim the wealth of South Korea. Let's claim the wealth of Japan. Let's claim the wealth of China. That while they're trying to work in, a, in you know, different corrupt manners and, and work for, for their own pleasure, for their own good, that this money instead would be spent upon the victims of injustice. It would be spent on God's kingdom. That the wealth of the nations would be given over fully to God. Let's make this our prayer. Let's pray. verse 7 instead of your shame there shall be a double portion instead of dishonor they those that you reach out to shall rejoice in their lot therefore in their land they shall possess a double portion they shall have everlasting joy because this was a prayer on my heart for North Koreans before I even read this passage before I really studied it that they would be marked by joy that this nation, that, that when it really opens up and the media gets in, you can already watch videos now of how desolate and desperate and sad the nation is. And your heart will break as you see the pictures of the children, the videos of the children. But I'm telling you, when, when the country really opens up and they get in, you're going to see a whole lot more. And it's going, to be, it's, it's going to be so rough. But God is going to take these sad children, these crippled children, these broken children, these malnourished children. And God is going to heal them. And God is going to, to stretch them out, to bless them. And God is going to touch them with his joy. Some of you guys tonight were touched by his joy. Hallelujah. And God is going to touch every one of these children. What I really believe is that when we go in, we will gather these kids. And we are going to pray. And the anointing is going to be so much stronger than it was here tonight. And God's, the anointing is rising up in this church. And it's going to continue to rise. God's equipping us for this. And when we go, these kids are going to get hit by the Spirit. They're going to be knocked out. They're going to be on the ground. They're going to be shaking. They're going to be getting visions of God. They're going to be getting visions of heaven, of hell, of the past, of the future. They're going to be getting all of this. It's going to be what's called an open heaven. And it's going to be over North Korea, over these children. 
they are going to get messed up and he is going to heal their hearts because he is the healer of hearts more than any psychology more than any teaching more than any techniques it's his love it's his touch and god is going to mark them with joy these children are going to dance they're going to sing and they're going to shame that just the people around them they're going to baffle the the world's leaders they're going to look upon these children and be like why why are they so happy what is going on these are the poorest of the poor the saddest of the saddest and yet they are so joyful they are so happy they are going to baffle the nations so what i want us to pray for right now is for the joy of the lord to mark north korea the joy of the lord the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The, the, the joy of the Lord will fill North Korea. You know, when Paul and Silas were beaten, they were flogged, they were whipped. You remember watching the Passion of the Christ? They were whipped just like Jesus was whipped. That's flogging. They received that. And they were put in, in these chains and thrown into this dark prison. The prisons back then were far worse than they are now. And yet they praised God. And they praised God. And you know what happened as they praised God? Their chains were broken. Earthquake happened. And you know, it's not just in the physical that the chains were broken. It happened in the spiritual as well. That when we praise God in our moments of, of great trial, of great struggle, the chains that the world has tried to put on us are broken off. We experience true freedom. True freedom physically, true freedom spiritually. And God is wanting to bring this to North Korea. He wants to release His praise into this nation that even those who are in concentration camps right now, in prison camps right now, they will get touched like Paul and Silas. That despite their circumstances, they'll know, hey, I'm not of this world. I'm of heaven. And I will worship my God. I will give Him praise. And God's going to show up. His kingdom's going to be established and every chain will be broken. So let's pray right now for North Korea. Let's pray that this land be a land that is marked by joy. Let's pray for joy to touch the children, for joy to touch those who are in the prison, prison camps, who have been separated from their families, for God's joy to touch those who have lost family members to starvation, for God's joy to come in, for Him to heal every heart, for Him to set them free. Let's pray for North Korea. Let's pray. Lord God Almighty,
Isaiah 61, verses 8 and 9, it says this, For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrong. I will faithfully give them their recompense, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Their offspring shall be known among the nations, and their descendants in the midst of the peoples. All who see them shall acknowledge them, that they are an offspring. The Lord has blessed. All who see them will acknowledge they are an offspring. The Lord has blessed. If you know the history of, of the Jewish people, they're from the land of Israel. They were the chosen by God. They were the chosen ethnic race, the Hebrew race that was chosen by God to represent His glory, to represent His presence here on earth. And what happened was their country was split in two after King Solomon. And you had the land to the north, the land to the south. The land to the north, Israel, Samaria. The land to the south, Judah. Judah remained somewhat committed to the Lord. You had some good kings, you had some bad kings. You had some kings that emphasized worship of God, some kings that emphasized worship of idols. But you know what? In the land to the north, it was just idolatry. Strictly idolatry. The people were forced into it. Those who really believed in God, they fled to the south. Does it remind you of, of another nation, another ethnic group? The Korean people. One ethnic group. One people group. This peninsula. And then it was split. And what happened was in the north, it became communist. It became worship of Kim Il-sung. And those who were Christians in the north, they were either martyred, went into hiding, or they fled into the south. And that's why Seoul has so many Christians. That's why you have so many Christians in the north. But if you go down to Pusan, if you go down to southern cities, you will not find many Christians at all because of that dispersal. When you see in South Korea, you see worship of God. Not completely, not the whole nation, but you still see worship of God. And you know what? Israel, Samaria, that land to the north was cursed. It was the first land to go into exile. It was the land that was just covered with curses. It became Samaria, the land that was still rejected in Jesus' day. The land where he gave the parable about the good Samaritan that just shocked everyone. Because how could a Samaritan be good? How could you love these people to the north? The rejected people. The people that the south wanted no part of. And it's the same today. That the people of the south want no part, no part for those in the north. But you know what? God's plan is for the redemption of Israel. His plan is for the redemption of them. And you see the nation has already been set back up. Jews are going back to that nation. God is beginning to reassemble His chosen people. And what I truly believe in my heart, according to this passage, and according to just other prophecies I've received in just my own prayer closet, is that God has chosen the Korean people to be a preview of what is to, what is to come in the end times when God redeems the Jews. Because you look at this nation, you look at these people, the Korean people is one ethnic group. All other nations outside, maybe Japan and maybe one or two others, they are mixed ethnicities. So many different ethnic groups. They're not one pure race. But you have here in Korea one pure race. And you have a people who has been surrounded by different empires. China and Japan has constantly been persecuted, constantly looked down upon as the humble ethnic group, the Koreans. And I, I don't know, perhaps that's why God has chosen them or maybe it's just his divine choice, his sovereign choice. But I believe that God has chosen this nation as a preview of what is to come in Israel. And I believe that God is going to redeem this land. It says here, I will faithfully give them the recompense. I will make an everlasting covenant with them as he made with the Jews. Their offspring, the children of North Korea, children of South Korea, shall be known among the nations and their descendants in the midst of the peoples. All who see them shall acknowledge them that they are an offspring the Lord has blessed. You see, I believe 
that these children, uh, that I will go into North Korea, that others will go into North Korea, and that these children are going to be healed. They're going to get set apart. They're going to be on fire for God, far on fire for God than I think I'll ever be in my life because they know pain, because they know the darkness. They know the other side far more than I do, and they know redemption so much more than I could ever know. And so that their love for God is going to be so pure, so strong, so completely all out because they have nothing to live for here on earth. They don't have family. They don't have a car or a house or, or something to live for here on earth. They're living for heaven. And these children are going to go out. They're going to be part of that end times army. And they're going to go out and they're not going to care if they get martyred. They're not going to care if they get tortured or, or persecuted or rejected. Why? Because they grew up with that threat all their life. They know what that threat is. And now that they got the spirit on their side, they have no fear. They're able to go in the power of the Lord. And that God is going to use these children to just shock the nations. That they are going to go out and bring the people of these nations. It says in Matthew 24, 14, This gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the whole world as a testimony to all nations. Then the end will come. When will Jesus come? When we see the gospel goes to all nations. Has that happened yet? No. We have many nations that still need the gospel. And I believe it is this next generation that is going to go and to finish this work. And so I know we prayed this before, but guys, I feel it's starting to get more into your system. Guys, I want us to claim that God has chosen the Korean people. That God is going to set apart this nation, all of it. And I, I believe it includes those in North China. Those that uh, also, after the war, they fled to, to North China. The Koreans that are there. God is going to redeem them as, them as well. And God is going to send them out. And I want us to claim just a covering over the younger generation. Not just here in South Korea, not just North Korea, North China as well. And declare these promises that God, we, we claim these children on behalf of Christ. We declare God is going to make a covenant with them. We declare that they will go out, that they will do these things. Because you know what? Your parents have more authority over your lives than almost anyone else. It's even biblical. It says in the Bible that if a daughter makes a vow and her father hears about it, he has the authority to nullify that vow. And it says that if a, a wife makes a vow and her husband hears about it, he has the authority to nullify that vow. But if he chooses not to, she's stuck to it. And you know what? Your parents have great spiritual authority if they exercise it over you in prayer. And that, that is why parents are so important. When it said, honor your father and your mother in the Bible, one of the Ten Commandments, it wasn't just saying, obey them, you know, eat your vegetables. What it was was that your parents, they would teach you the Ten Commandments. Jewish parents would teach them the whole first five books of the Bible. And they would teach them these things. And God says, you honor them because they're teaching you the way that is right. They are your spiritual authority. They are your covering. But that's been lost over the years. And you see just how many families are broken. And for an orphan, for a child with no father or no mother, they have no spiritual covering. They are just open game for sex trafficking, for drugs, for suicide, for all these things to the enemy. They are, they're open season. And that's why our, our orphanage ministry, we meet once a month to pray, to cry out for protection over these children because someone's got to stand in the gap. Someone's got to pray for these kids. So I want you to know that when you pray for these kids, you are acting as a surrogate father or mother. You're acting as an adopted mother or father. It says that God sets the lonely in families. He's a father to the fatherless. Well, guess what? We are his hands and his feet. We're called to be that representation of Christ to these children. We're called to be that father to the fatherless. So I want us to take that spirit. I want us to take that word right now. And I want us to pray as the mothers and fathers over this nation over this broken generation, and I want us to pray and claim these children, South Korea, North Korea, North China, for God. I want us to claim God's promises for them. 
I want us to claim God's protection over them, that none of these temptations are going to get in. You can include the kids in your schools as well. Let's pray. of you guys for hanging in there verse 10 says i will greatly rejoice in the lord my soul shall exalt in my god this is talking about us for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation he has covered me with a robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself like a priest with a beautiful headdress and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels guys this verse is not for them it's for us it's first person and uh, this verse was a verse that was on my heart long before I began to pray for Korea. And what it talks about is grace. It says, he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has covered me with a robe of righteousness. He has put these things on us. And I'll tell you, years ago, I, I had a dream, one of those dreams where I'm in public and I was naked. And I was like, oh no. And I tried to run for cover. It was one of those awkward dreams. And uh, the next night, I had the same dream. I was in another place. I don't know, it was Virginia Tech. I don't know. I was running around. And uh, yeah, you don't need a picture of that. But uh, I was like, God, what, 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 what do these dreams mean? This is two in a row, and I have no idea what's going on. And I was praying, God, what are you trying to tell me? And so I opened up one of those dream books, Understanding the Dreams You Dream, you know, list scripture. And one of the first things it says about nakedness is clothed by works, not clothed by grace. Adam and Eve. They tried to clothe themselves with the, the, you know, the vines and the leaves and the things, and they knew they were still naked. As much as they could try, as hard as they tried, they knew they were still naked. They were trying to clothe themselves in works, but they needed to be clothed by God. They needed to be clothed by God's grace. And it was God who clothed them. It was God who covered them. And when you read about uh, the, uh, the priests uh, being initiated, being brought in, to the priesthood they actually had to come in and moses would strip them down moses had to bathe them moses had to reclothe them moses had to anoint them moses had to put blood 
on their earlobe, upon, upon their thumb, upon their, their toe. Moses had to do all these things. All they could do through the whole process was just stand there. Imagine how humiliating that had to have been. To have to be unclothed, bathed, reclothed, anointed, all these things by someone else. But it was symbolism of what was to come. That we are clothed by grace. That it's God who chooses us. It's not our own works. We can never do things to earn you know, this job, to earn this position with God, to earn this standing with God. It is always by grace. And what God was teaching me through those dreams was he was saying, Son, you can't do this on your own. You can't do this by works. You're judging your personal walk by how good your quiet times are. You're judging your personal walk by, by how much time you've spent with me or how disciplined you've been. And when you spend you know, a few hours with me, you're very happy and you think you're doing great with God. And when you spend a few hours with me, you think you're doing a horrible job and that you're not a good Christian. But you know what? I don't judge you on your works. I don't judge you on whether you do a lot or a little. I love you and I will always love you. And you need to learn how to be clothed in my grace, how to walk in my grace. That is by my grace you're able to do anything. You can pray as long as you want, but without my grace, you can't do anything. We need his grace. We need to be people of his grace. And what God put on my heart was when North Korea opens up, when, when those plans get bigger, you know, God has mighty callings on each of us. And if God were to throw us out there right now, I think many of us would, would fall. Because you see the same thing today for so many prophets, evangelists, mighty men and women of God. They get all anointed. They get out there. They're healing a ton of people and their heads get big or they get tempted and they fall. They get seduced. They fall into different sin. And then they just, they smear the name of God. It's sad, but it's true. Temptation gets high. And what's going to happen is when God begins to call you guys out and the calling that, that, that he has put in your life, you're going to have to be clothed in his grace. Because if you are not, if you do well, you're going to get a big head. You're going to think, wow, I've done a great job. Look at me. I've saved this nation. Look at me. I've saved these people. Look at me. And God's going to have to put you aside. He's going to have to remove you, put someone else there. Or if, if things aren't going as well, you get filled with fear. And you think, oh my goodness, how am I going to take care of all these ministries? How am I going to take care of all these things? How can I handle all these things? And you're putting all that weight on yourself. You're living by fear and it's going to crush you. The stress will overwhelm you. You might be able to handle it right now with your ministries right now. But when they increase... If you're living off your own works, you will, you, you will get crushed. We have to be people of His grace. We have to trust in His grace. His grace enables us to do everything. It's His grace. Whether we have a ton of time to prepare or a little bit of time to prepare, it will always be His grace that will enable us to succeed. So what I want us to pray right now, uh, this is a prayer that, that God has taught me to pray, and I try and pray it as often as I can. And it's not that I have to pray it to receive grace. It's not by works, but it's a reminder to me that it is by His grace that I succeed, that I'm able to do anything. And I just pray, God, clothe me in Your grace. God, just cover me in Your grace. Help me be a man of Your grace. So I, what I want us to pray right now is that we would be a church of His grace. And if you have any burdens in your life with ministry or with work or with anything else and you're trying to strive out of your own flesh or you feel it's on your shoulders or even maybe you're doing a great job and you're starting to think maybe it's me that has this. I want us to give it all to the Lord and I want us to pray, God, help us to be a people of your grace that we may go and do great things for your kingdom and you will receive all the glory. Let's pray for this grace. Let's pray.
Verse 11. I'm going to ask Brian to come on up. It says, For as the earth brings forth its sprouts, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to sprout up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to sprout up before all nations. It's the conclusion of the chapter. That if we are faithful in planting these seeds, the garden will cause what is sown in it to sprout up. That God will cause righteousness and praise to sprout up before all nations. That the nations will see and witness the works of the Lord God most high. I'm going to close this time in prayer and then I'm going to ask everybody to go ahead and rise up. And um, we're going to praise until about 6, 640, I guess, uh, 645. And uh, then we'll clean up in here and we'll call it a night. Huh. So let me close uh, this portion in prayer and we'll go into a time of closing praise. God, I just thank you for your grace, God, that covers us, God. And I just thank you, Lord God, that your grace has enabled us to stay up all night, Lord God, for many of us in here, God. Your grace, God, it is your grace. And we just praise you. We give you thanks, God. We give you glory, God. You are an awesome God. And you have mighty plans, Lord God. Father, far mightier, Lord God, than we could ever comprehend, Lord. And that, Lord God, Father, what's just been shared, Lord God, you have even greater plans than this, God. You have even greater things in store, God. And, Lord God, I just pray that you continue to open our hearts and our eyes and our minds, Lord God, Father, Lord, to your glory and to your plans, God, that you give us an awareness, God, of eternity. Give us an awareness, Lord God, of of what's happening around us, God. And that you remove us, Lord God, Father, from the now and, and the focus on us. And that you give us the focus, Lord God, of your kingdom, the focus of your plans, what you are about to do, God. You are our friends. You are our friend, and you tell us your secrets. You tell us your plans, just as you spoke to Abraham about the judgment of different cities, and you told him about what you were going to do. So will you do for us, God. And so I pray for every person in this place that you may give us that relationship, Lord God, like Abraham, Lord, that we may hear of your plans for the nations, of different people groups, of different places, God, and that you will enable us to intercede. You will enable us to go and to act. You will enable us, Lord God, Father, Lord, to be, Lord God, Father, Lord, who you've called us to be, God. We bless your name, Lord. And God, I just speak a special grace of your people right now as we close in worship, God, as we just close this time to you, God. God, I declare you will give us strength to endure. Strength, Lord God, I just speak strength, Lord God, Father, for those who do missions training. Strength for those who will, Lord God, go home and have different work, God. God, I declare that you will, Lord God, give us the strength and the grace that we need, Lord. We receive it, God. We receive your blessing, Lord. We worship you. We pray all this in Jesus' name.